Welcome to the WAN Show. We have a fantastic show lined up for you guys today with hot topics, including Ubisoft. Ubisoft. They went so long without us having anything too negative uh, to say about them. The whole NFT thing. Okay, that was pretty bad. Well, anyway, it's even worse this week. They're decommissioning online services for a number of their old games with no alternatives to be seen. We'll be talking about that alongside just... I mean, I guess just the state of gaming in general. You can't talk about games getting decommissioned without also talking about how much it costs to pay for these gaming experiences that are so, so fleeting. Uh, in other news, <laughs> an M.2 MacBook Pro teardown confirms it is basically an M1. Did I say M.2? You did. An M2 MacBook Pro teardown confirms it's basically an M1, except you if you wanted to, uh, oh, I don't know, just reuse that chassis and change the logic board. So we'll be talking a little bit more about that later. Uh, YouTube is just randomly deciding that definitely adult content is actually for kids and wow. it's flagging it for kids and it's giving it to kids. So cool. that's bad. Also, Nvidia is unable to back out of TSMC orders because actually, yes, your sales numbers were inflated by mining. Yes, they were. Uh, yes, they were. Oh, and I'm going to have an update on the whole YouTube spam comment situation. Ah. I have I have been personally contacted by more than one YouTube employee about my comments from last week. So we'll be chatting about that as well. Interesting. Why don't we jump right into our first topic? This was actually flagged for me by a viewer. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't save your tweet, and I, I forget which one it was, but thank you. They asked me whether I play Anno 2070 because that's one of the games that Ubisoft is decommissioning the online services for. Uh, here's, uh, here's a quote here. Closing. The online services for some older games allows us to focus our services on delivering great experiences for players who are playing newer or more popular titles. And some of the ones that are being booted include Anno 2070, Assassin's Creed 2, 3, Brotherhood, Liberation HD, and Revelations, Far Cry 3, and Space Junkies. It's a lot more than that, too. It actually. is a lot more than that. Do you want to actually pull up? Oh, source, yes. The, source this, Ubisoft. This topic definitely needs a look at the... Ubisoft website because the the notes are not I've complete. Got it. Um, but yeah, you can kind of scroll through the games. I think you listed a lot of these first ones. And there's Driver San Francisco, Ghost Recon, Future Soldier, Prince of Persia, Forgotten Sands, yeah, I'm Raymond Legends it for them right now, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now we did some we did some pre-show digging. We looked through some stuff. There's some oddities in here. Uh, I think what Ubisoft is really trying to communicate to people is that their own platforms are absolutely the worst. And if you ever want to play an Ubisoft game, you should play it anywhere else ever, or just don't play an Ubisoft game. Um, the reason for that, as you can you can dive through here and see all of this, if you scroll down to Splinter Cell Blacklist, there's something really interesting. If you look at what happens to PC, it says you are unable to play multiplayer, link Ubisoft accounts in-game, or use online services. 
if you look at Splinter Cell Blacklist for, cons- uh, Blacklist for console, it doesn't say you can't play multiplayer. That is a consistent theme throughout pretty much all of this. If the multiplayer is handled by consoles, it's fine. If it's handled by Uplay, you can't do it anymore. And that is trash. <laughs> and literally just means you're bad. So stop doing it. Start putting your games on like Steam or something. And if you're going to decom something, decom Uplay. Because it's garbage. You are the worst one out of all of them. Give up. Worse than Origin? Yes. Okay. All right. I mean... What's, 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 what does Uplay do better than Origin? Well, I mean... Download rates are faster on Origin. Yeah. Origin's actually stable. I don't think EA has decommed games off of it. Origin the platform is better than like EA games. Okay. Uh, let me be let me play devil's advocate here. Okay, okay, okay. If I am Ubisoft and I have specific infrastructure set up to run multiplayer for these games that functionally nobody is playing multiplayer. That on. takes borderline who, no maintenance. Who, who, that but who and plays, essentially zero server space. I'm trying to play devil's advocate and you're making it very difficult. Yeah, okay. I'm advocating for the devil. <laughs> so you gotta at least let me talk. Okay. <laughs> I have to maintain these online services that are specific to these to these games to these titles. Um, fun- functionally, no one is playing them. I mean, who who is playing Assassin's probably, Creed Two multiplayer? Probably no one. Literally, probably nobody is playing Assassin's Creed Two multiplayer. I would argue there are alternatives. Okay, can I can I finish, Luke? I want to advocate for the devil here. Okay, okay. okay. I have a hard enough job as it is without you interrupting constantly. <laughs> Why wouldn't I take those resources and reallocate them? As a developer, as someone who leads a development team, what is pretty much the worst? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> really? Really mature. What Sorry. is literally the worst like anchor that drags back current development? Uh, Yeah, like uh, just code rot maintenance. Maintenance. Stuff like that. Yeah, maintenance. For sure. And are there potential security concerns with having these services running when they are not being maintained probably very minor ones but probably yes probably okay so devil's advocate is it not in the best interest of the current game player base that they discontinue these services for older games that nobody is playing the best interest that they don't do anything i'm advocating i for don't the f-ing devil I don't what think... am i supposed to do <laughs> i don't think this is an extensive amount of work to be completely honest considering as far as i can tell the console maintainers just don't care at all because like if if ubisoft and we'll talk about uh not caring at all a little bit more later when we start talking about space junkies specifically uh, but but if ubisoft is discon uh discontinuing support for multiplayer you think the consoles would be like oh sweet we get to drop it too as far as i can tell they genuinely don't care because it is such a small amount of work it is so small. It takes so little. There's even little things like, oh, the, the ability to download DLC is being turned off. Yeah. Why? Why? That's not a multiplayer feature. I can almost understand the multiplayer stuff. No, I can definitely understand the multiplayer stuff more, right? There's more maintenance that goes yep. into it. There's more of this other kind but of this stuff. This is just a file download. Okay, my devil's advocate hat is off. The answer is legislation that makes it so that the user owns the software. Because the fundamental problem right now is that when you buy a game, you are not buying a copy of the game. You are buying a license to use the game 
whatever state it happens to be in. And that's the way that the that the software industry as a whole has managed to slowly but surely push things because it gives them a much greater degree of control. If I was someone who was super into Anno 2070, for example, and I wanted to play multiplayer Anno, darn it, my only option now is to either play an older game from back when there were alternate multiplayer options, and it is possible. I actually don't know. I haven't tried multiplayer Anno 2070. It's possible there is a LAN multiplayer, although I wouldn't so, be surprised so if I, there isn't. I will say, I, you and I... Hamachi or something. You and I have both played Anno a fair amount at this point. Yep. I played a lot less than you, but still. You have exposed to me that the Anno developers seem to be quite beloved by the community. Yeah, they care. People like them. Very not interesting if you know that, but yep. I think a lot of people that don't play Anno don't know that, um, is Ubisoft Mains, the studio behind Anno, are working on upgrading the aged online services infrastructure to a new system. They're not guaranteeing that it's going to be successful, but it is not surprising to me and makes me quite happy that like the Anno team is like, oh, geez, we should try to save this. So the problem is that publishers are basically in control. They're, they are creating these situations where your only option is to either play an older one that supported LAN multiplayer, which you could then play over the internet using a service like Hamachi or something better. Does or whatever Hamachi else. suck now or something? I don't know. Uh, some, something like that. Some kind of some kind of your VPN. Own VPN. Yeah. yeah. Um, or you're pushed to buy the new one. The, the, the newer one that gets them more money. Because as we know, gaming has gone from a product that you buy and then you own to a service that you are expected to continue to pay for. And if you think that this is the only manifestation of that, I mean, we need to look no further than uh, that tweet I sent out earlier this week about Diablo Immortal. I don't think we're ready for this yet. We'll talk about that soon. Yeah, but first... Yeah. The solution to this is pretty straightforward, but it would require a grassroots movement that I just, I don't see any foreseeable path to. Because a lot of these games that are going to die because of this don't have huge player bases. So exactly. it's, not, it's, not, it's not throwing anyone up in arms exactly. enough. This will be one of those things where slowly, silently, gaming will have changed completely. We're going to wake up one day and we're going to go, holy crap, I want to play that game from 10 years ago that I loved. And there is literally no way to play it and enjoy it with my friends or my children because it has been wiped from the face of the earth. What we need is legislation that forces these companies to, if they are not going to maintain it, we can't force them to maintain it. I mean, that's, that's fair enough, right? Fine, you, you released this product and we bought it and ultimately, you know what, you can't maintain the service for it anymore. Okay, but if there's a community that is willing to put the effort in or the resources into it, they need to open source it then. It's that simple. You must either maintain the tools or release the tools. Yeah, yeah, like Subcom, right? Yep. Super, super cool. I also think I would like to to make a note here. There's a lot of things we got to talk about, but I'll talk about this very shortly. Uh, my my family, like my brother, my dad, and I, and Joe, actually, have been playing this game called SnowRunner. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad's super into it. That's really cool. The multiplayer is rough. There are often disconnects. And if you disconnect, you you lose all your progress from that section. That one player Ooh. just loses everything because you go all the way back to the garage and it's a trucking game. Um, okay. And it's like, man, if I could just host this server on my local computer. Yeah. 
this probably wouldn't be a problem, but we have to go through... Or on a cheap through. server in OVH or something. Sure, yeah. If I have some way to control this, this won't actually be a problem. And that makes it so that there's less maintenance and stuff for the companies to actually do. In a lot of situations, I think dedicated servers are the are the, are the option and the answer in, in, in these cases. But moving on, you just talked about not being able to play a game that's 10 years old. Yeah. Now we have to talk about Space Junkies. Right. Space Junkies is three years old. Is being decommed right now it is not highly rated. I don't think a lot of people play it, but it's a multiplayer-only online VR game from 2019 that is getting decommed. There's some other interesting things as well about this. If you look at the decom list and you find Space Junkies... This is that game that I tried that made me absolutely nauseated in like yeah. 30 seconds. Yeah. I've been trying to figure out what freaking game it was because I've talked about it before. Whenever I talk about nausea in VR, I'm like, yeah, I'm usually pretty good, but there was this one awful game I played. <laughs> it drops you, at least this was the, if, okay, if this is the one, it dropped me right into the game with an open mic and everyone else had an open mic. So it was literally like going back this. to original Xbox days of just children shrieking into your ears for no reason like there was no obvious way to turn it off at least quickly i think i did figure it out eventually um yeah if this is the game i think it is then it's a, a fucking awful game yeah um and anyway, on, carry on, on on here if you if you look at the list you notice how all these things I'm have like screen like okay yeah sure splinter cell blacklist it shows pc and then consoles right there's yep. two different things happening there's a pc happening there's a console happening space junkies it only shows pc HTC Vive and Oculus. I think they maybe forgot that Space Junkies came out for PS4. Um, so I have no idea what's happening to Space Junkies for PlayStation VR. Because, like, they don't list it. So maybe you'll still be able to play it on, uh, PS, on, on PS4. What I do know, pretty much for sure, is they're decomming it for PC, right? Except you can... Still buy it for $27 on the Ubisoft store. They're decommissioning it in like, what? what is it, like two months or something? Wow. It's still purchasable. 27 bucks. Why? Oh, so much of this is just so annoying. And to be clear, if you enjoy Space Junkies, maybe you have a different opinion than I do. That's fine. That's super cool. That's super normal. Yeah, this sucks for you. And this sucks because if they were forced to make the tools available, at least if you and some friends wanted to get together and play some Space Junkies old school style, you'd still be able to. Now, this experience, however good or bad it was, is gone. And you might not care right now, but there's releases in here uh, like like Far Cry 3. Far Cry 3 is a really legendary game. Yep. You might think right now of the Far Cry series being extremely cookie cutter. It became cookie cutter off of the success of Far Cry 3. Far Cry 3 was so successful that they're like, we're just going to make this game for 10 years. Um, <laughs> and, and they're making it so that you can't download or install DLC. Like, no, I'm not sitting here thinking that a ton of people are playing Far Cry 3 multiplayer. But I do think that someone might feel nostalgic about Far Cry 3 down the line and want to go back and play it with all the DLC, and now they can't. The bottom line is that the games industry has just consolidated to the point where I feel like it's so difficult for a small independent studio to compete 
And the large players are so focused on how to extract the greatest amount of money possible from their audience that there's no room for anything else. These smaller niche experiences, no matter how little they cost to continue to maintain, are just not even worth the time of bringing up to an executive they just to present care. the tiny budget that is required for it. So it just gets cut. And I, you know, this finally does come back to the, the tweet that I posted earlier this yeah. week where I said something along the lines of, I mean, it's probably easier to just pull it up at this point. Something along the lines of... I've got of, it, actually. Oh, you got it too? Okay. No, I don't. Whoops. There you go. Gaming may be poo now, <laughs> but as gamers, at least we can take comfort knowing it's all our fault. And the thing that prompted this thought for me was that Diablo Immortal is bringing in allegedly, this is from Ars Technica, so it's not exactly some random crap website, allegedly over a million dollars a day in microtransactions. And it's like, as long as we like? as long as we lie down and take it, it's a third of a billion dollars a year. It's it's never going to stop. And I've seen, I've seen, man, the kinds of the kinds of conversations that took place in the replies to this tweet. I wish I I wish I could unread because they're just come on, guys, like the, the amount of gatekeeping. Oh, well, mobile games are ruining everything, or this is mobile gamers are not true gamers, or just just all that kind of nonsense. It's like, no, no, no. Gamers, gamers as a whole are allowing this change to happen. We've been slowly boiled. We're frogs, guys. It started with horse armor. And now you literally will hear true gamers, real gamers, you know, whatever, whatever gatekeepy term you want to use for it. You'll hear them say, well, as long as it's just cosmetic, it's totally fine. I'm super into it. Don't you remember how outrageous it was for a developer to ship a game that wasn't done yet and make you pay piecemeal for the rest of the pieces of it later? Don't you remember? And I, I, I get I don't, it. I'm some partially against that argument. Com okay. Compared to a lot of what we've got now, where you've got pay to win mechanics. That people are just like, okay with. But the, oh, the, the, the weird fanboys defending Lost Ark's pay to win was was a interesting thing to witness. But you got to remember, there's this is an entire generation of people who grew up with this. What the f*** are Pokemon cards, if not pay to win? And it's and and gambling, yeah. From the very start, I mean, my childhood, my childhood had pay-to-win gambling as an integral part of it. <laughs> yeah. So no wonder we accept this now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you, you talked about cosmetics, and and I don't like being able to buy cosmetics. I've talked about that a lot on Wayne Show because I would rather cosmetics be a reward for in-game accomplishment. Um, but in some games, like I would argue League of Legends, like if you want to make League of Legends free, how else are you going to monetize it? it I, I don't mind cosmetics. And honestly, actually, I kind of do because they're getting to the point where I can't recognize champions anymore. I don't play League of Legends enough. Every once in a blue moon, I'll jump in with some friends and something will attack me and I'll be like, who the heck is this? And I'll... 
I'll assume it's a champion that came out after I quit playing. And then I'll be like, oh no, that's a champion I've known for 10 years, but couldn't recognize it because now they're a fire god demon. And I'm just like, what, what is this? Yeah, that was a big problem for me with TF2. I was super into TF2. Yeah. And then along came hats. And yeah. not just hats, but all of a sudden there were these infinite different variations of weapon loadouts when the beauty of TF2 was that it was perfectly balanced Boy soldiers yeah perfect absolutely perfectly balanced and every every class was so just perfectly instantly recognizable maybe that's something we should do at the land we should play tf2 classic vanilla tf2 yeah vanilla tf2 no no hats. I'd be super into that. No modded weapons. Mostly just because I want to play TF2. Yeah, I, I have heard from people that are like still into TF2 these days that they like those weapons because there's you can effectively make new classes by doing specific right, loadouts. Right, that unbalances stuff. the game. That's the whole problem with it. The game. So fine, fine. Have your modded server with your crap other classes, <laughs> and don't make me play it. Yeah, it'd be I, it'd be cool if there was like vanilla servers. I wonder if there are. I don't know. There might be. People are saying it's still balanced. I mean, it might be. I have no idea. Sure. This is great. Unner over in the floatplane chat says, I actually had my nephew complain today that a mobile game didn't have a cash skin shop. Yeah. I mean, that's that's, that's what we're used crazy. to now. But, and but that's where it's going. Blaming mobile gaming alone. Blaming mobile gaming alone is missing the point. I mean, compared to a well, franchise like Halo. FIFA. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I yeah. mean, there's huge money that goes into FIFA, whatever it's called, Ultimate Team or whatever. I, I don't, I don't. But remember, remember Halo? Like, people were angry about the cash shop in Halo, and and I read it all wrong, because people were originally uh, st stuff that I read about their anger about the cash shop was how expensive things were, and that already for me is just like, dude, just don't buy it. Like, why? I don't, why is this even this a is, conversation? This the is best... literally not an essential item. Yeah. You, the option of just not buying it. I mean, just don't buy it. I the the best way to like get angry and protest this is to not buy it. But clearly, gamers as a as a whole have proven themselves at this point to be incapable of doing that. Yeah, and the thing that I didn't understand about it was it wasn't just that it was expensive. People wanted more. They were unhappy that there wasn't enough stuff. And I was like, what? you want you want more things in the cash shop? And and people were like livid about there not being enough stuff in the cash shop. I was it was so confusing. And then this this subreddit that I thought was complaining about the fact that there like was a cash shop or or that it how how expensive and stuff that it was would start pinning the weekly things that were in the cash shop at the top of the subreddit. This isn't Microsoft doing this. This is the community encouraging people to buy from the cash shop, which is like, whoa. Like, I, I don't remember my friends encouraging each other to buy League of Legends skins. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, that, it's just, it's so weird to me. And like, I, I, I ended up following more into the, the like, the depths of trying to figure out why people were trying to defend Lost Ark being a pay-to-win game, even though it like clearly is. And I started looking into it, and people were getting frustrated that there was caps on how much they could spend. Right. But the caps were like huge amounts of money. And they were like, that's frustrating. I want to spend more. 
I have a daily cap on how much I can spend. This is BS. What is happening? What is going on? Yeah, I don't know. I have I have chats with my <sighs> son and actually my daughters too now that they're getting into uh, gaming more that goes, you know, uh, what is this? Does this exist in the real world? No. Do we spend money on this? Nope. Okay. Cool. <laughs> like I just... Yeah. I, I have stuff. I have bought cosmetics. Like I, I, I bought Rocket League for like $4. I think like it's a fair. a million years ago. Up to up to uh, up to a reasonable sticker price for a game. Yeah. Somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty to a hundred dollars, I think is fair. Um, and I have no problem to a point with DLC as long as it's. I mean, and again, maybe it's just a generational thing. As long as the DLC is styled after something along the lines of an expansion pack. If it's adding substantial content, then absolutely. Exactly. Like I have, I have, oh man, I've spent like probably $150 on, um, on Anno DLC. But every time it's like adding an entire new, like biome that you can explore and like new characters and new missions and stuff that clearly wasn't actually part of the original game like we, we've talked about this before too like i don't feel like i need a new anno no more stuff to do more things to explore more new mechanics stuff like that sounds great yeah. i don't need like new graphics or it to be set in a different environment i mean it is there was the arctic one yeah so, like, yeah, I mean, I don't need a new Anno. That's fine. Just give me more DLC stuff every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, Beat Saber DLC is another example of what I would consider to be good DLC. More you content. Had, you licensed songs. You actually, like, did work making new maps and, and stuff. And I have no problem with that whatsoever. You want to talk about cash shops and adding skins? What about Twitch bits? Yeah, we've I think we've unanimously always said Twitch bits are crazy. Yeah, d- don't 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 use them. Don't give us Twitch. Bits. Don't give us Twitch bits. Why? Why are you Why are you giving Twitch like what this, is it like? This half wasn't the, money? the the gotcha that I think you thought it was. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> we we lit we literally tell our viewers, hey, don't send super chats on YouTube. Do not. You don't get anything. We made it so that you get that part for free and you also get merch. So we we wanted to give you something. We made merch messages so that you can just, you can, you can interact with the show and you also get your order in the mail. Yeah. It's not just nothing. You actually get something. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, so like I was talking about Rocket League, I bought it for like $4 and then I ended up playing it like crazy. So I bought some skins. I bought a season pass at one point. I I put money in that I thought was highly appropriate for the amount of time that I played the game. And then they were bought out by Epic and then I stopped. <laughs> yeah. But like, whatever. That was a thing. When it was like Insomniac Games or whatever it was before, I was like, yeah, this is a small studio. I want to support, I really like this game. I really like that there's like this competitive, but like extremely family friendly. It's literally just cars driving around game that is able to make it. Like, that's cool. I want to support this. So yeah, yeah. why not? Speaking of the merch store, if you are looking for something to order today, if you want to send a merch message to appear in the little marquee down there or maybe get curated so that we can address it, uh, maybe maybe Bell will choose you today. We've actually got a new shirt we just launched, and it is freaking awesome. Really I cool. wish we'd had the camera rolling in the pre-show when Luke was like unpacking it from... 
Uh, <clears throat> these really awesome bags, by the way. Did you notice this? I didn't actually notice that. I thought that was just like generic. I am not a plastic bag. 100% biodegradable. That's cool. Yeah. That's so legit. Really cool. We're working towards. It feels exactly like a plastic bag. Much. That's why it needs to the label. Yeah, we're working sense. towards better, more environmentally friendly packaging. But uh, I even thought the tag was pretty cool. There's no way you're going to be able to see this, unfortunately. Yeah, it says RGB edition. RGB it. collection. Or, yes, sorry. So collection. maybe there's more coming in the future. Don't know. It's called the Multi-Nep T-shirt. I know that's a really sort of boring um, technical sure name for is. it. But what it basically means is there's these little flecks of different colors that are woven into the base color, which is kind of like an off-white. It's got an LTT logo embroidered in the front, and it is both extremely comfortable and, in my opinion, super cool looking. I've actually gotten more comments on this should, particular piece of merch than most other ones. You should get down to this photo so people can really see it. Mm, did I? I think I already saw that one. Oh, did you already see it? Yeah, that one was up Okay, top. my bad. Yeah. Uh, we've got a cool little rainbow liner inside the neck to go along with the like RGB, RGB collection theme of it. And again, oh, this is also in my humble opinion, it is very, very reasonably priced, twenty four ninety nine. It is a fair bit more expensive than our regular more blank T-shirts. It's a bit more of a complicated product, and it took a long time to get exactly right. But it looks really, really fun and cool, in my opinion. I'm so tired of wearing black t-shirts. So this this little splash of color in my wardrobe is extremely no, that's awesome. welcome. Yeah, definitely. Why don't we jump right into another topic? You want to pick one? Sure. Let's jump over. Uh, should we should we talk about the million dollars a day thing more? Or just... No. Just stop. It's the equivalent of like 2 million subscribers to an, to an MMO. Yeah, wow. 15 bucks a month. That's a lot. Like, wow. So, because the reason why I wanted to bring that up is like you're comparing business models, right? Yeah. Crazy. And like, people are proud of it. Like, there's Twitch streamers that were showing on stream. This is how much money I've spent so far. And it was like a counter. So, as they were playing and they're spending more money, it was constantly going up. And like, people were watching. Like, that was a hype point. People were watching because they wanted to like effectively see the number go up. Which is definitely helping people not do that. Um, okay, moving on. Your content, it's actually for kids, says YouTube. Um, YouTube's AI <laughs> is doing some really fun, cool things. There's a channel called Local58TV that found that his explicitly 18 plus horror content was suddenly changed to made for kids and he was unable to change it back without going through an appeal process. The video was labeled as inappropriate for kids manually by him before it was changed by YouTube. It took nearly 40 hours from when the creator went public on Twitter, so so much for the uh, standard appeal process, with his complaint for the change to be reverted. Why YouTube would automatically lower the age range for content is anyone's guess. Especially when YouTube Kids is supposed to be this like kind of like safe content, safe space for kids. I Although it's supposed to be manually curated, like that was YouTube kinda Kids. The whole idea, because back in the day there was already that problem with those weird, like really weird, Elsa like Spider-Man Elsa Spider things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they were supposed to fix it after that. Uh, clearly, not a thing. What garbage! I don't know what else to say about it other than that. I mean, it's this isn't just harmful to the 
to the platform and the user. This is extremely harmful to the creator. On the one yeah. hand, you can get a ton of views in YouTube Kids because you've just got these like zombie children, some of which don't even know how to use the phone, just staring at whatever the next Auto thing that pops up. Just yeah. Comes up. Yeah. Well, their parents cook dinner or sleep in on a weekend or whatever the case may be. And so you can rack up a ton of views, but um, if your video is getting served to the wrong audience, it can actually be extremely damaging because if it will increase abandonment from the video, which can derank you. So other creators like Your Movie Sucks have also been affected and without any kind of manual fix for something like that, which I sincerely doubt they would have, this could result in long-term damage to their channel, which raises lots of interesting questions. Like, I don't think anyone's ever actually been able to prove that Google delisted them or deranked them. But if they could, does that open does that open them up to a potential lawsuit? Could Liability. you sue for damages? Yeah, I think I think I would be very interested. Yeah, I don't know. Because what, what recourse is there for a parent who's been assured that YouTube Kids is all family-friendly content? And Not then there's 18-plus horror content, which, like, could actually, like, really mess with a small child, depending on what it is. Um, I don't know. That's spooky. I, I, I'm assuming they're trying to stop ad abuse. Uh, because I think you get more lucrative ads if you make content that isn't for kids or if you flag it as not for kids, but okay. then it starts like trending with kids, uh -huh. I think you get better ads on it. So I think they're trying to stop that. But in trying to stop that, they served horror content to children. Yeah. And, but like, I, hmm. and I mean, okay, here's a question. What difference does it make if you do allow your content to be viewed by adults? If you want to pull it out of YouTube kids, it just means you will get less views to kids. Okay. I don't really see why they wouldn't just allow you to do that then. Yeah. Very frustrating. In other news, NVIDIA. <laughs> How bad do you feel for them right now? Not at all. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> um... NVIDIA had ordered five nanometer wafers from TSMC before crypto winter hit. What that means is that while... NVIDIA and AMD, let's be clear. Neither of them is some kind of white knight no. savior for gamers here. No, they're giant corpos. At all. They will sell GPUs to whoever is most profitable to sell GPUs to. It's that simple, and we saw it proven over the last couple of years. Both of them. So <clears throat> it's pretty amusing for us now to see that they forecasted their, their 5 nanometer wafer production uh, or their wafer allocation with TSMC based on the kinds of volumes that they were moving selling to miners. And NVIDIA has already been fined for not properly disclosing what percentage of their sales were the result of the GPU mining craze. And NVIDIA, it's really funny. They've gone, they flip-flopped on the issue. They've gone from, we know exactly where every one of our chips goes to, well, we have no, we have no way of knowing how many of them are being mined on versus game. Oh, you so do. You so do. Miners do not install GeForce now, for instance. <laughs> So you would know if your sales triple and your GeForce Now instances go up by 
that probably some of it went to mining, I would think, right? Right, NVIDIA? You can do data analysis, right? And as much as I tried to get people to not install GeForce Now because of all the telemetry crap, I'm sure the vast majority of people do. I, so it's convenient. It is I, what it I is. Like it. Anyway, the point is NVIDIA um, booked five nanometer wafers with TSMC before they realized that their sales were going to go. Which means that the upcoming RTX 4000 series GPUs could have um, a very good supply. Uh, Extremely good supply, potentially, to the point where NVIDIA was trying to back out of a pretty significant amount of the wafers, as far as I can tell, or else I don't think this would be in the news. Um, they, they, TSMC just straight up was like, nope. They are apparently unwilling to make any major concessions. They have agreed. Oh, I, I think this this has got to be allegedly. I'm not actually sure if this is confirmed, so I'm just going to say allegedly because I'm not double-checking it. But they've apparently agreed to delay first shipments by one quarter or even to Q1 2023. But if NVIDIA wants to bail on any of these orders, they will apparently be responsible for finding replacement customers. Our discussion question, this is funny. Our discussion question is, who could NVIDIA find to take their orders? Well, let's see. <laughs> there's Intel's GPU, which, as far as we can tell so far, is an absolute dumpster fire. Intel isn't going to need any more of those. Um, are, wait, is that even? No, is that even say, on that TSMC five, 5 nanometer? nanometer? I don't even think so. TSMC 5 nanometer. I mean, there's the upcoming iPhone, but isn't Apple actually forecasting a reduction in demand as well? So Apple probably has as much, if not more, allocation than they need. I know Samsung is sitting on, apparently piles of smartphones like way more than they usually would be because of the uh weakening of demand heading into what appears to be a potential global economic recession um yeah i don't know Huawei? <laughs> i don't know i don't think anyone's really gonna be clamoring at the bit to bail them out yeah okay uh humboldt to F over on Twitch says automakers. That's a good question, Five but nanometer? actually, no, that's exactly it. Automakers don't need that kind of performance, so they don't operate on the cutting edge node. They don't even operate a node or a couple of nodes back, unless their name is maybe Tesla is on I was gonna pretty say, modern nodes. There might be some like really expensive automated driving cars. Yeah. But that was a whole that was a whole drama around the whole automotive chip shortage where chip foundries were telling the automakers, hey, you guys gotta update your crap because we can't we can't keep these ancient manufacturing processes running. Like this is actually not feasible. We can't ramp up more of this garbage. You guys need to redo your designs on modern nodes so that we can take advantage of the economies of scale at these modern nodes that everything else is freaking running on. And I mean, of course, the smaller transistors and smaller chip sizes and better power efficiency, like guys, get with the program. So yeah. no, they would be they would be the last ones to step in and, and take over five nanometer production. Um, yeah, Andrax says drone that. manufacturers. No, not even, not even close. Five nanometer. Wow. They, they don't, they don't need it. Um, yeah. Yeah. New Nintendo Switch asks Wiffs. 
I mean, that would probably be awesome. A Nintendo Switch with 5 nanometer performance and power efficiency. I'm super down. Nintendo enjoys releasing on last generations. Uh, last generations a low performance yeah fair enough hardware yeah, yeah. yeah i don't think so flying crocodile says amd yeah but you got to understand amd probably has the same overbooking issue the exact same problem whatever is being reported about nvidia almost certainly applies to amd as well like there, there's <laughs> yeah Cheap chips for gamers. Someone's saying data centers, but data centers would buy completely from NVIDIA. products. Yeah. 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 They're gonna buy the GPUs. They're gonna buy whatever. They're not gonna buy the the wafers. Because these are these are they're trying to sell wafers. They're not selling like they're selling fab capacity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's really expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's rough. Oh, that is rough. Um something that isn't rough if we want to transition off this topic yeah sure no more facebook account requirement for quest 2 we literally talked about this on last wan show yeah and uh apparently they heard this podcast and no one else has complained no uh did i say good guy facebook finally uh yeah i mean it's a good thing it's a good thing i don't think they did it out of the kindness of their hearts I don't think this was a a good guy move as much as they saw it to be a logical necessity moving forward because there's some really weird things. Like if you're a company and you want to, want to set something up with, with uh, I was going to say Oculus, but if you want to set something up with the que- Meta Quest, God, it's such a terrible name. Um, you have to set up like Facebook accounts with real people's names and assign them to those headsets. That's really weird because it has to be like a verifiable name or you have to like trick them with something that sounds realistic, which is what, as far as I know, most like uh, corporate outfits are actually doing. Uh, but it just, it just, it gets very odd. And yes, you can buy whatever the enterprise one as if most corporations are actually doing that if they're, if they're small. If you're like some giant massive corporation, sure. But if you're some small corporation, you're going to go, uh, no, I'm going to buy the cheaper one and fake out a Facebook account and make it work that way. Um, well, you... plain chat is so mad. They're like, no, Lapse Memory says, that's like saying good job to Thanos for adopting a child whose parents he just murdered. <laughs> Whoa. And, and they point out that even though you no longer need a Facebook account, you do still need a meta account. Which is owned by Facebook. Let's go. Um, that, it, that, that helps a little bit. I mean, it's, it is better um, because you don't have to necessarily like tie it to a, a public Facebook account that like has your name and everything on it, which is whack. You can link your meta account to Facebook and Instagram if you want. <laughs> um, so that's that's real cool. Hope you're stoked about that. Um, Oculus account users will be able to continue using that account until January 2023. Uh, then you will need to move to a meta account and a meta horizon profile. I heard that's the new meta. To continue using the meta VR device with your meta blah, 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 blah. Hate it. Hate it so much. Join the metaverse. Um, as of now, many users attempting to log in via Facebook have faced issues. Um, some people reactivating accounts to use their Quest 2 have met have been met with instant suspensions. <laughs> nice. Oh, boy. Remember when we owned our software? We talked about that earlier. Yeah. Remember when we owned our hardware? <laughs> Pepperidge Farms remembers. Um, yeah, then there's some notes about how Meta's next VR headset might be called the Quest Pro. 
the name was found in code from Meta's Oculus mobile mm. app. Uh, codename Project Cambria, which is what I've heard of, yep. um, has been shown off already and could be Quest Pro and could have full color path pass-through capability, depth sensors, yada, yada. Some people are estimating the final retail price to be 800 to 1,000 USD, which sounds expensive unless they are fully planning on maintaining previous products along with this one. Mm -hmm. Right. If, if they're discontinuing previous products, it's too expensive. They're not going to launch it at that. Yeah. Um, but if Quest 2 and Quest Pro exist simultaneously, yes, then it's probably fine. Then I could see it. I got to tell you, I don't think that I'm going to be able to go to inside out tracking. If Valve goes inside out, I think I might just have to keep my... I might just have to keep my index forever. Unless because, it gets wildly better. Yeah. I, well, one of the things that it doesn't work very... So... For one thing, when you are swinging your arms around really fast and a lot, sometimes they can be easily carried outside of what can be tracked conveniently from a, a head-mounted device. And number two is that because when I stream Beat Saber, I put on full body trackers, I, I don't I don't see any way that you would manage that with inside-out tracking. Not with the tech we have currently. Um... But it may not be feasible to even continue to compete with Meta uh, in the space, like I, I, I was looking don't at the market. They even are. I was looking at the market share numbers, and it's like not even on the same. Yeah, planet. there's a note in here that says, "Is Meta going to take over the VR space?" They already have. Like it's, they. I hope Valve keeps bothering, or someone else keeps bothering. I mean, there are other niche, high-end headsets. There was one that we were talking about on WAN show, I think, a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago, that looks amazing. But it's what it was like two grand or three grand or something stupid like that. Yeah, I when I like pissed off the whole world. Um, so I think it was around eight years ago when I said that VR wasn't going to take off for five to 10 years. I don't know if you remember that. Um, and then it took about five to 10 years and then it took off. So that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but I, I think the, the like first jump was, uh, the, the, the quest two, cause that was really big, right? Especially when you mean the first quest, uh, the first quest was Oh, you're saying the the Quest Two is it is the jump? It hit it hit pretty mainline there. Oh, I see. Yeah, I mean other other companies tried. Samsung had that weird like thing you could put your that phone was in. Dumb. That was super dumb. I hated that. That just made people think VR was bad. Um, but yeah, with with Quest Two, like, what 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 was the one that went just like gangbusters? Was that Quest One or Quest Two? Quest Two launch date. Yeah, October 13th, 2020. I think that's right because uh, COVID hit and then that Christmas, Quest 2 just went crazy. Mm -hmm. They were sold out like everywhere. That was the first big, first like notable jump. I think I called that a little, that happened later than I expected. And then I think there's going to be another one. Um, and then I think there's going to be another one after that when companies other than just Oculus start making headsets. Um, that like can actually compete. Loudface Bob on Floatplane makes a good point. It says first jump was when they dropped the price of the original Oculus to three hundred bucks. It still wasn't mainstream then. Yeah, and it still didn't really pop off. That was a very good thing that needed to happen. Um, but for mainstream adoption, not for the health of the VR hardware market in general, in my opinion, because it's basically just subsidizing the hardware with your data. Uh, totally. Something that no one other than Facebook has the capability or willingness to do. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, like Quest 2 that Christmas was huge. The amount of Quest 2 sales was monstrous. Um, 
and like uh, VR games actually started to sell like pretty okay. It's cooled down a fair amount since then, um, which is why I don't think it's like actually really here yet is because it has cooled down. Um, and like indexes are still like two grand and like it's it's still a it's still a bit of a rough space to get in. Um, but yeah. But hey, at least the show is brought to you by Thanks to Clyde for sponsoring today's show. Clyde is an endpoint security solution that uses the most powerful untapped resource in IT, end users. Old school device management tools like MDMs force disruptive agents onto employee devices that slow performance and treat privacy as an afterthought. But Clyde does things differently. Instead of forcing changes on users, Clyde notifies their team via Slack when the devices are insecure and gives them step-by-step instructions on how to solve the problem. By reaching out to employees via a friendly Slack message and educating them about company policies, Clyde can help you build a culture in which everyone contributes to security because everyone understands how and why to do it. For IT admins, Clyde provides a single dashboard that lets you monitor the security of your entire fleet, whether they're running on Mac, Windows, or Linux. That visibility makes it easy to prove compliance to your auditors, customers, and leadership. You can meet your compliance goals by putting users first. Visit Clyde.com slash WAN to figure out how. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash W-A-N. Thanks to Setup for sponsoring today's show. Getting things done is a challenge, but listening to music is a long-used productivity hack among creatives. The problem is there's almost too much choice. How do you choose what to listen to? Setup, a subscription-based productivity service for Mac and iPhone users, launches curated productivity playlists on Spotify to help you stay focused and get more done. Whether you're having a daily stand-up or need to deep dive into work, there's a playlist for you. Just like Setup curates and recommends the right apps for you to solve any task, Setup playlists are carefully selected to fit various work situations, and new playlists are added regularly to meet your needs. The Setup platform has more than 200 independent developers on board, so you can get motivated by listening to music that they are playing while working on their popular solutions. You can enjoy the productive writing set by Ulysses, Deep Focus Playlist by Lo-Fi Garden, or Flash Recharge Break set from Clean My Mac. So try Setup today by searching and following Setup on Spotify to stay productive. That's S-E-T-A-P-P. Thanks to FreshBooks for also sponsoring today's show. When building a business you're passionate about, it's easy to feel like there aren't enough hours in the day. And if you're doing all the invoicing and accounting on your own, you're probably spending time on work that you don't love. FreshBooks is built for business owners like you. It's the all-in-one accounting software that saves entrepreneurs and freelancers up to 11 hours a week. That's 11 hours you can spend nailing a client pitch, serving your customers, or honing your craft. From building, sending, and following up on invoices, to tracking and managing expenses, to processing online payments, FreshBooks automates and simplifies all the tough and annoying parts of running your own business. It's super easy to get up and running, and the award-winning FreshBooks support team is always available to answer questions. Try FreshBooks free for 30 days, no credit card required, by going to freshbooks.com slash WAN. What will you do with 11 more hours each week? Rogers went down? <laughs> I don't think it's an interesting topic. Well, the most interesting thing about the, we, we have a telecom here whose cellular network absolutely pooed itself at 5 a.m. today. Um, and one of the most interesting things about it was that my aunt, had her home alarm system start beeping because it lost cellular connectivity starting at about two in the morning. That sounds very annoying. They were able to disable it for five minutes at a time. So because she had to come and take care of the kids today, my poor uncle had to sit next to the alarm panel for the rest of the night and disable it every five minutes so that she could sleep. 
<laughs> Poor thing. Because otherwise it would just go. Can't you like shut it off somehow? I mean, they're not savvy enough to like find the okay. speaker okay. and desolder it. Okay. You know? Yeah. 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 Pretty rough, hey? Because you can't like break or flip it because that would be a security problem. So there's some battery backup somewhere. Yeah. It, she yeah. didn't tell us. I mean, obviously, if we could have. There's probably ways around it. Get yeah. it? She didn't tell us because uh, she Rogers. Uh, anyway, sorry. Yeah. yeah. She didn't tell us. Otherwise, we could have told her, hey, you know, just chill, stay at home, take care of, take care of, you know, my uncle who didn't sleep. You know, guys, why don't you guys take it easy today? She just showed up at our house and was like, yeah, this happened last night. Well, <laughs> okay uh so just so you know i'm not a monster i wouldn't have been like yeah come in and take care of the kids anyway but pretty rough so that was the whole that was the whole thing apparently the ottawa police had to tweet out telling people to stop calling 911 to ask when their cell phone will be working again oh man every once in a while yeah every once in a while humanity just disappoints me <sighs> this is really funny um alex did up this topic and put an I told you so in here. I don't really have a discussion question or a discussion topic, more just an I told you so for Colton, who switched a large portion of the office to Rogers this week, despite me telling him they are crap. <laughs> Every telco is crap. They're all just crap in different ways. And I don't I don't know the last time that there was like a service provider that had a national outage. Um, I mean, that's fair, but I've also had my fair share of issues with TELUS, our current provider. And I drop calls all the time. I have better connectivity in my house with Rogers. I, I, I Honestly, I was happiest with Bell, even though everyone told me Bell was garbage. I was like, I don't know, my data speed, I don't know if my data speed's fast or whatever, but like my calls don't drop. That was a while ago. It's probably because you stayed in specific areas. Yeah, it could be that I was just- As far as my understanding goes, Bell's really spotty. Yeah, but that's the thing is everyone told me that. If you're in a good spot, then- And yet here I was sitting thinking that calls disconnecting was some kind of like third world thing because I hadn't had a call drop in literally years. Ugh. Hate it. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it, though. I don't think there's really a ton to say. You know what I don't hate? Let's talk about Wide Care. Oh, man. What a name. I know, right? What wide a name. Care. It's an extended warranty service that is only available in Japan, provided by Nintendo called, yeah, Wide Care. Uh, it, it grants customers up to uh, $750 in repairs or six repairs per year. Uh, the warranty covers both accidental and water damage to your Switch, controllers, and the dock. Price is fifteen bucks a year, or a dollar fifty a month, or two thousand yen and two hundred yen. Um, and the yearly subscription can actually be used outside the warranty period. I would actually—that's not really even a warranty, in my opinion, at that price. That's closer to an insurance policy. And in a way, extended warranties are kind of an insurance policy. But the fact that this can be, as far as I can tell done on just an ongoing basis makes it different from an extended warranty. That's what makes it an insurance policy. I'm to sure me. they'll stop providing it at some point. Well, yeah, but the switch has already been out four or five years or, or whatever. And it says that as far as I can tell anyway, that you can sign up for it. Like now you have to buy extended warranties typically at the time of purchase or within some short period. And they're for a finite amount of time. Just being able to have peace of mind that my whatever thing 
will continue to serve whatever purpose I would have on been, an ongoing basis. I pay 15 bucks a year for that. That's not bad. I would have been viciously against it if it wasn't really cheap. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like the price. It's super cheap. It's not extended warranty pricing. It's like insurance pricing. Probably something won't go wrong, but if it does, hey, great. I've got insurance, right? Like that's that's the whole point of it. Uh, apparently, they will cover up to $750 in repairs or six repairs a year. And in my opinion, I think it's a really good deal, especially for a mobile device. I would hope that this doesn't address right to repair concerns. No. And I it doesn't would... make Nintendo suddenly a good consumer, pro-consumer company. Yes. Uh, people in chat are pointing this out. I was thinking about this already, and it's already in the dock. So I think there's quite a unified conclusion on this. If this covers Joy-Con drift, like, everyone should get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Basically, I, I don't know. Joy-Con drift shouldn't be a problem. Ooh. No. Absolutely. We installed third-party... Hall effect joysticks in the Steam Deck today. Good. I have never used a like game controller that made me feel like I really had fine control. I, I never played Dreamcast. Never had a Dreamcast. Um, it was awesome because you got to remember, not only does a Hall effect sensor have a, a much uh, much better longevity because it's it's magnetic based rather than potentiometer based. Um, if it if it's centered perfectly, it will be centered perfectly every time. And Valve also has a tool on the Steam Deck to allow you to adjust your dead zones. So if you know you have an outstanding, reliable joystick that will always center perfectly and always read perfectly in every direction because it uses freaking magnets how do they work then you can reduce the size of your dead zone oh cool okay. so my dead zones were so small that even playing an fps game because that's what happens when i try to play fps games on a controller so i'm like oh it's not moving it's not moving it's not moving and oh off we go right but i was actually able to fine-tune it and aim that's pretty sweet oh that's cool oh i love it so well, one thing that i just thought of about the current topic sorry to derail slightly but uh, is that they they entirely get to decide how much the repairs cost? Who it's does? Nintendo. Oh, right? they're the only one offering the service. Right. So up to seven hundred fifty dollars in repairs, but like, how much does it cost to replace a Joy-Con? Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, yeah, we'll have to see. I don't know. I'm not like overjoyous about this. Because I would rather it was more of a right to repair situation. I would rather that there was some form of solution given for Joy-Con drift. I, I don't think uh, Nintendo is a saint of a company. They have a lot of issues in this regard. It's cheap. It is only provided in Japan. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if this didn't go outside of Japan. Yeah, there's a lot of only Japan stuff that companies like Sony and Nintendo do. Yeah. Or sharp or someone's saying Joy-Con repairs are free. You can send them to Nintendo and they will repair for free. Yeah, for now. But I think what Luke's saying is there needs to be a long-term solution. Um, hold Constant, on a second. Constantly sending your controllers out and needing to wait like a super long time. Stop spamming it, by the way. Um, but okay, I'm just gonna start banning people. Loudface uh, Bob says Mad Cat's made a good one. 
Uh, oh, a, a good Dreamcast controller. I mean, I find that very, I find I that very difficult. To I believe. doubt that. Did Mad Cats ever make anything good? Apparently, they still exist. Really? Which I was surprised. Did to they see. get bought out? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Look at this. Mad Cats Dare to Lead. Don't they, aren't these the same products that they had like a decade ago? I don't think so. Like this is a different rat. I mean, a lot of the branding is the same. I remember them having like a strike keyboard back the, in the day. The rat looks very similar. It might technically be different, but this looks really, really similar. It's a triumphant return of the beloved rat, apparently. So yeah, I think it's supposed to look similar, Luke. I don't think anyone... I mean, their site is not even loading pictures for me right now. This is amazing. I don't think anyone loved the rat. Uh, I mean, the the other PM that I worked with at NCIX who was in charge of Mad Cats, loved the rat. He, he was so desperate to sell rats, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, what else we got today? Oh, oh, uh, we also have a deal of the week. Okay, this is odd. Uh, if for whatever reason you were to find yourself needing a lot of hats, <laughs> uh, hats for you and all your friends... The deal <laughs> The deal of the week is buy four dad hats of any style on LTT store and get them for 50% off. Four hats for $40. So, yeah, need lots of hats in lots of different styles? Let me tell you where you can go. You're going to want to go clothing, okay? Wait, are hats clothing? Are they clothing or gear? There we go. Dad hat. And here you will find all the different styles. Like washed black, khaki, gray, blue, red, and other more different black. Deep black. All right, cool. So there you go, guys. You need a fresh supply of dad hats. We got you covered. We should probably do a couple merch messages, actually. Bell, yeah. hit me. Hello. Uh, first question here. Speaking of Nintendo, any updates? Did we ever hear from Nintendo after the video was posted? Nope. I mean, it's still early. There's plenty of time. Realistically, I don't think sure. there's a whole lot that they can say about it. Everything that we did was here, legal. Um, it's just one of those things where my... You know, my position is that Nintendo has a lot of growing up to do as a company. They they need to just chill out a little bit, figure out what their what their value add is to gamers and stop intentionally antagonizing them. I think they could actually be more successful if they took a more open approach to both their hardware and their software. And um I just I I get very frustrated with their hypocrisy where they'll go after emulation as a whole and the developers of emulators, and then they'll go and use emulators. Um, <laughs> like, okay, are you against it or do you view it as a, as a valuable tool? You can't really have it both ways. It frustrates me when companies have games that have like very prevalent competitive scenes and then they just like pretend they don't exist. Um, It'd be nice to see Nintendo like engaging with the Smash community or whatever else, although that community is like super sketched, so a little questionable, but yeah. 
from Alan. As a guy who runs a high school esports team and helps the tech department, do you have any thoughts on high school esports teams? Oh, hold on. I want to clarify something. I think it was actually Sony that um, used an emulator in a product that they that they ended up releasing that was not developed by them. Was it Was it them? Guys, help me out in the chat here. It was Nintendo as well. I thought so too, but I'm not immediately finding it. So, uh, sorry, what was that, Bill? Uh, from Alan, he runs an esport team at a high school and yep. wonders what your thoughts are on high school esports teams. Uh, I mean, I don't really see it as any different from a high school uh, chess club or like uh, I was in our group that I was in the group that represented our school at the physics Olympics. Hey, me too. Like. I it what's the what's the difference between that and any other any other organized school activity? I don't know that I don't know that I would want it to become like an all-consuming thing for my kids at that age. Like I'd I'd like them to make sure that they're also getting their fair share of physical activity, but I I, I think that it's it's like any other school club, it's a great way to foster relationships with like-minded people and build friendships. And uh, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity to learn a lot of the same things that you would in any other organized sport, for example, like teamwork and communication. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about it. It's a school club. I would focus on those things that you just said. Focus on getting them to effectively, don't make it, make it, very very hard for them to tell that that's your goal um but teach them like life skills leadership um communication stuff like that from sam we're looking for another linus paint tips anything any suggestions for outdoor painting or porch painting Oh, porch painting is tough. Pretty much anything you walk on will wear off. So if I had to, if I had to paint uh, a walk-on surface, I would be sure to use a stain, um, something that soaks into the material, like a, like an oil or a stain, um, because when you recoat that kind of stuff, it's uh, it's sometimes not always a lot less work. Because it like it soaks into the it soaks into the material, which means that it's not going to flake off in quite the same way that uh, that a paint would. And once paint starts to fail and it starts to flake, you have to go at it hard and get everything possible off before you recoat it. Otherwise, it will continue to flake under the new paint, and it will create like cracks where moisture can get in, and it will start to lift up all the paint. So you'll basically just be wasting your time. Um, as for outdoor, I mean, yeah, the main thing is prep. Prep is most of the job. Applying the paint to the wall is like a third of the battle. So you got to make sure you get everything scraped off. Scrape sand, white prime paint. Anywhere the paint is failing. Cracking, alligatoring, peeling. It's a lot of work. From Nathaniel. Hi, Linus. Question on your role as CEO and the future of Yvonne and Partners. Do you envision becoming too big for you to candidly engage with your community or everything in the works? Oh, I. I mean, there's can't. lots of stuff that's going on that we don't necessarily talk about. Yeah, I mean, I I want to talk about more things. We shot a lab update today that I think is going to be a really cool video. We basically went through every member of the lab, both new 
like on probation and established and looked at what they're working on. The uh, the the probation the probationary people had to wear uh, Fallout guy masks and a Guy Fox mask, so because <laughs> they're still anonymous. But anyway, um, is that the yeah okay yeah yeah um, it's the development team yeah yeah I I hmm the, the, is it just the development team is anyone else no everyone else is is cleared for camera. <laughs> Uh, do you envision becoming too big to candidly engage with your community? Man, I don't want to. I don't want to be so big that the lawyers have to do a sanity check on on what I say. And I don't want to get to the point where I'm so detached that I don't have our own internal checks and balances to make sure that I don't say anything too stupid. I mean, as it is, we're not at any risk of that because... I can. I need both my hands to count the number of people that will just tell me I'm a f idiot when I say something stupid, and uh, you know that are able to get me to back down on a bad idea. Uh, I mean, we actually we actually had something like that happen this week. I I had I was in a conversation with Colton, and we were like, hey, we should embrace the whole name of the whale land and just make every ticket like a whale ticket. So every ticket includes admission, a WAN hoodie, a desk pad, a tour of the office, a, a, a food truck voucher, you know, thing for three meals a day and all this. And we should just have like, like put all these like bundles together and it should be like $500 tickets. And we were like, yeah, let's, yeah, let's do it. And, and, and on the surface, it's actually not a terrible idea from a business standpoint, because the reality of it is we only have a couple hundred seats. And there was a lot of value being baked into those tickets. We are going to sell through that couple hundred seats like that. If it was $1,000, it would sell through in like 15 minutes. So really, whatever price we ultimately settle on is how much revenue do we want to make from the land? We have no way of expanding the capacity because it's going to be in Lab 2. We're actually going to be in the warehouse of Lab 2 running the land. It's going to be freaking awesome. Um, and that was a way for us to maximize that revenue for the company, which we need, while also providing a really solid value to anyone who buys the ticket because it was going to be like a bundle deal. However, you know, Luke made a really good point that was like hey like my dad and my friends won't be able to like afford that and go it's it's like, especially <laughs> like, the, okay fair enough we haven't announced a date but the date will not be super far out from when we do announce it um and if the ticket's like 250 500 um <laughs> that's a lot of spending money to come up with on a like a super short notice if it was planned like six months ahead maybe even then it's still a lot of spending money to throw at one event um and like yeah you are getting other stuff you're getting the mouse pad potentially you're getting hoodie. this hoodie like it there's yeah. a lot of value in there and but, and yeah. my pitch to luke how sick would it be if all the pictures and video from the land were people in this like uniform gaming like everyone's wearing the same hoodie that would have been so cool be pretty cool but there's also issues with that if people are coming to land they're very likely super fans and might already have one of the hoodies. Yeah. Um, so we don't want them to end up with a second hoodie. So yeah, to be pretty rough. clear, we're not doing that. Yep. So we'll we'll figure out something that kind of makes sense. And I think we'll try to 
we'll try to have like bundles and add-ons as things that people absolutely can buy as part of the experience. Like I, I think we'll probably do studio tours. We've done them during LTX before in the past, and it's been a pretty fun way to engage with the community. Coming back to that question, do you envision becoming too big to candidly engage with the community? I think if I do, we will completely lose. I, I think I think we'll fail ultimately. So I I, I don't think that. I or I mean I'd I'd love to think that we have a leadership team that could carry on without me. I I'd like to think that we will not stop engaging with the community, whether it's reading comments or talking to you people like this or whatever that ends up looking like. And I mean Luke and I both intend to sit uh, in with the general population at the LAN, not because we have to, but because but because that's something we want to do. Um, I don't I don't see that changing anytime too soon. From Joshua, hey Luke, we all know starting Floatplane and running it hasn't been easy over the years. But according to you, have there been any memorable or best parts of running the Floatplane uh, system and team? Um, I will say that that's one of the downsides of having an all remote team. Um, is like I, I think we've done a good job of, um, especially like talking to other people that have that have worked on remote teams and and talking to my friends who have managed remote teams and. And stuff. I think we've done a pretty good job of like keeping productivity up and 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 doing things like that. I think our meeting structure has been good and mentally healthy for people and yada yada yada. Um, but not having everyone together all the time definitely reduces or ever because of COVID or ever. Yeah, because it was supposed to, we were supposed to have these like yearly meetups around LTX, and then that's obviously not a thing. Hey, we should fly them in for the land. I'm down. Some of them are in like overseas. Okay, I'll ask. Um, AJ's like land. I want to land. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I guess there's one. There's at least one. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Well, I'll try to figure that kind of stuff. But yeah, it limits the possibility of some of those types of moments, right? Some of those team building yeah. kind of moments. Um, so we we I I try to create that as much as possible. But yeah, it's it is it is limiting. I remember. Uh, one of my favorite times, I think there was a, there was a crunch. I don't even necessarily remember what it was for, but I remember verified actual gamer. No, but that one was actually really good. That one was cool. It was, it was a float plane feature crunch. And I was, it was when I had my, my office was your current office. Mm -hmm. And I remember being there until like six in the morning or something. And just like, anytime you're in voice chat with people working on something and it gets past like 3 a.m., Things get a little wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was that was good. Um, and, and I mean, there's been there's been a lot of them. There's been, it's it's mostly like the things that we have created have been like really cool, and it's the accomplishments and stuff. It's not necessarily the like day to day moments because we are literally disconnected. Right. So yeah, yeah. Let's just let's bring them out for the land. Sounds good. Yeah. From David, sad to see the LTT intros disappearing. How's that experiment been going? Any insights to share? Um, overall, viewership is up on the channel. Um, 
pretty consistently over the last six months. It's been slow going. It's really noticeable how much YouTube is emphasizing shorts, and I think a lot of it's coming out of promotion for back catalog. That's my gut feeling. I, I don't have detailed analytics to to share with you guys where I can where I can prove it. Like that's the that's the challenge, right? Is it's and it's always changing. It's like it's shifting sands under you. So you just you do your best with it. You pick up your divining rod. You try and find water algorithm water, right? Um, it's hard to say because we're always changing so many things, whether it's topic selection or um, you know writing style or uh, you, like the the text that we have at the beginning of the videos now that's designed to improve retention when people are scrolling with their audio off, try to kind of hook them into the video. It's just, you're changing so many things, it's hard to tell what exactly is making the difference. But overall, viewership is super, super healthy across the, the empire. Um, I actually have a dashboard that allows me to see all of them at once now, but I'll need a minute if I'm going to try to sign into it to to show it to you guys. Um, I would say though, gut feeling wise, that reducing the amount of filler in the first thirty seconds of the video is almost certainly a good thing for long term viewer satisfaction. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, from Thomas. Question for Linus and Luke. What kind of quality control and continuous improvement processes are there at LMG? We do so much stuff. That's a difficult yeah. question to answer because we do so many different things and, and each department is going to have different ways of handling that. Yeah, that's a lot. I, I don't even know. I don't even know what, to, I mean, we review every video. Uh, I mean, okay, you, you and your, in your development digest, you were talking about that super cool new thing that allows you to, roll back stuff oh that's like, not that's not out yet but yeah um i, mean, I don't know that we're we're, we're going to be working with a system that's going to allow us to do a b testing and rollbacks um but in regards to quality control like we have we have a ci cd pipeline um we could talk about this for a super long time but, yeah. <laughs> um all right. I feel like it would probably be a bad idea for me to show this particular um, number. So I'm just going to, I'm hold on. Don't worry. I'm being very responsible, Luke. I'm being a very responsible boy who only shares analytics that don't matter. There. Okay. <laughs> Coming with notepad. I think that seems fine. Argo. That was the name of it. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, it's not out here. yet though. Hold on, let me yeah. just let me just fix this up. Okay. All right. Yeah, that this this should be this should be completely fine. So this is a super cool little dashboard that I have that actually has all of our I almost scrolled the page. <laughs> <laughs> so close. You didn't do it though. That's a win. It has all of our all of our channel videos on it. We can see things like what's um performing better than it was what's performing worse than it was, what's getting views in the last 48 hours, or uh, I believe yeah, this real-time one can also show 60 minutes. No, this, this, one, this one doesn't, I don't think. And then if I dig deeper into the analytics, I can see, see more, here we go. Hold on, I just need to make sure I don't show anything that'll get me in trouble. Because I think if I just straight up, I'm like, yep, Here's our CPMs. 
I am going to, I'm going to cause some headaches for some people that I like a lot and want to continue working with. I hate how this dashboard works now. I actually cannot understand why it doesn't just show me the overall views, not by, by content. I just want to see views. I, yeah, I can't. Views by channel. How do I just, how do I just combine them? Hide metric. Okay. All right. Here, maybe you guys can help me with this. There you go. So you can see all the channels here. If I, can I unselect LTT? Oh, no, I can show only LTT. Okay, cool. So if we look at only LTT, we only got this dashboard a little while ago, so it's only going back to February. But you can see overall this trend line is up. Obviously, we have our spikes and, and our dips. And then if we take LTT out and take out also the channels that really don't get a lot of views, like uh, they're just movies. Um, Channel Super Fun super spiky, so I'm going to pull that out. You can see that the overall trend is towards more, more views, which is you know obviously the objective of what we're doing. More importantly, the business team, the merch team, um, labs team is all working on ways constantly to help us monetize the content better because at the end of the day, if the only lever that you have to pull is make more content, eventually you're going to collapse under your own weight. We can't have 300 channels that we're managing and expect to do it with the kind of polish and quality that we do and now. Care. It's, it's like when you go to a restaurant and the menu is like like 10 pages deep and dense and there's like a, just a bajillion things. It's like, oh, this probably isn't going to be very good because they're probably it's not. Cheesecake Factory. Oh. I Do love Cheesecake a... Factory. I don't know if I've ever. Oh, their menu is ridiculous. I've been there once. It's a novel. I've been there one time. And I know it's trashy. I like it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't want to stir up any controversy. Oh, but no. This really, this stood out. This is from Patrick. Linus. Why do I see you in regular shoes during the YouTube shorts? Are the socks and sandals a scam? That is concerning. Yeah, this is a problem. My sandals broke, and I've been too lazy to replace them. Wow. Yeah. That's actually surprising. It's like next level. Yeah. Um, fun fact, the only reason I ever replaced any of my sandals ever, I have never bought a pair of those sandals those like echo sandals that i wear my aunt would always buy them for me yeah and then i told her i'm a grown-ass man you can stop buying me shoes at some point and so she did and now i don't have shoes except the vessies that vessie sent me for free so i put those on <laughs> i uh these shoes yes you know what i awful. you know what i got those was it around the time you started working here? Sure was. <laughs> there are massive holes in them. The right foot. I, I put them in the dryer one time and it got caught in part of the dryer because I didn't have a dryer bag for my shoes because I was too cheap. And it got caught in the sidewall of the dryer. So it has a, a, a permanent like uplift on the end of it. Uh, there, are, there are identical rips on each shoe uh, because... I stopped because of COVID, but when I used to do boxing training every week, yeah. the like side to side movement would yeah. stress out the same part of the shoe. They are ratty, but they don't sell these anymore. 
I actually put a bounty out for a pair that were this size. That was like, I think it was like 300 bucks or something. Yeah. I was like, I really just want these shoes and you just can't get them. I have never worn a pair of shoes that fit as nicely as these. And it's not like, oh, it's because they're worn in. I remember when I first put them on the store, I was like, whoa, these are perfect. I should have bought like a bunch. That's what I did with the badminton shoes that I yeah. have now. I, I should have done that. I found a pair of court shoes that was like, these fit me like a glove. I bought six pairs. Yeah. And like, these are just like wrecked, right? I've gone and tried to like, tried to spend good money and buy nice shoes. Because I, I think you should have like shoes that fit you well and stuff. Um, and I, I can't find anything that even remotely compares. I've tried a bunch of different brands. I've tried to like, I don't know. I can't figure it out. Oh man. Never change, Luke. Never change. (laughs) From Andy. It's been just over a year since your don't build a Hackintosh video. Do you think Hackintosh is dead? Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's very clear that the software innovation that Apple is putting into Mac OS is Apple Silicon centric going forward. I think they still sell some Intel-based Macs. Do they? I don't even I don't even know. I know nobody's talking about them. No one cares about them. Can tell, yeah, the Mac Pro. Mac Pro is still for sale for the time being. So it will be at least some years after the last Intel Mac rolls off the line that you will still be able to run Mac OS on Intel Silicon, but I uh, I just I just don't see it being viable in the long term. From Sensopi. Hi Linus and Luke. Hope you're doing well. I wonder if either of you like Lego or if you have any favorite sets. I feel like I'm feeding into my own stereotype today, but Lego's really expensive. <laughs> um <laughs> It is, okay. I uh I never got way too into Lego when I was a kid. Um I think partially because uh my family had some financial struggles and Lego's really expensive. Um uh, but I think it's pretty cool. Uh my girlfriend for Christmas bought me uh these this little like uh there was like a, a plants and animals Lego release thing and she found one that was two budgies and they like somewhat color matched the budgies that we have. So she bought me those and I built that and put it together and it was it was pretty cool. I enjoyed that. I thought that was cool. The ones that you have are sweet. I didn't know those existed at all. I actually ended up looking them up after I got home and then was like, I'll leave that to him. Um, but they're really cool. Like the like piano and stuff and they have this yeah. whole architecture line. I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, really cool stuff. Just really pricey. And I don't know what I would really want to do with it when I was done. That's another... Yvonne really kind of likes the uh, the flower ones. We're actually using Lego flowers in place of real flowers in our house because they just look like, if you don't look closely, they actually look pretty convincing. And then if you look closely, you're like, oh, cool, oh, they're that's Lego. that's kind of cool, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that seems like a very us thing to do, but it's not the kind of thing that... I, I do enjoy putting the sets together, but I've just never found that I had the vision to come up with my own stuff. Like my eight-year-old daughter will put together more creative stuff out of the the spare parts bin than I would be able to come up with. I just... That's what I really liked with Lego is like back in the day we had just like, I don't think I don't think we ever had sets when we were growing up, but we, we had just like a bin of like some whatever. I don't know if we got it from, well, it doesn't matter, but we had just like a bin and I had a fun time just like making whatever. I would make things to like 
push my little model cars through or whatever. I don't know. That's fine. AJ Techie three sixty nine asked me if there's an update on the uh, on YouTube following up with me regarding the comment spam. So I do need to give you guys that. Um, maybe we can take a merch messages break and go over that for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, maybe just let me just make sure that this is not like controversial or anything like that. Uh, yeah, it looks like I have been invited to speak with YouTube. They're um, they're continuing to investigate. And uh, they want me to talk about any of my experiences on any of our channels uh, around impersonation, porn bots or scams, crypto bots or scams, ad scams, users being directed toward Telegram, Signal, WhatsApp, etc. Conversations between seemingly fake users and comments, other types of spam or uh, scammy behavior. And uh, I, I am going to try to make time for this. I would really like to see an end to this problem on the platform. So anything that I can do to help, I think would be uh, a, a positive thing, especially if I'm going to call them out. You know, the least I can do is if they do reach out and say, you know, hey, we value your feedback. You know, what can we do about it? Um, the least I can do is actually provide that feedback, right? Um, so I also heard from uh, a friend who works at YouTube, sort of, I mean, it's like a business relationship, but, you know, we chat about not business too. Yeah, friendly. Yeah. Um, just kind of clarifying if I have increased strictness turned on on all my channels. Clearly, clearly our discussion last week has penetrated the YouTube bureaucracy. Um, am I correct in understanding that the majority of these are in replies rather than root comments? And apparently there's, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's action. There's action being taken. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to see it. And hopefully they will take strict enough, decisive enough action that we can get rid of the problem, expunge the scammers, and then slowly work our way back towards, you know, the, the features that are, that are nice to have as long as they're not being abused. Yeah, like I'm going to hold praise back until they do something. Yeah. Um, and I still think it's ridiculous that are like, that they're like, are you telling me these are mostly in replies instead of root? Like, look, yeah, it at your seem... own platform. I mean, I I, I literally screen capped as we live discussed yeah. the problem last week, but yes, still. So I, I I think the amount of credit that is due for them reaching out is not super high, but well, if they do something about it, it's better than nothing. Yes, if they do, well, I don't know. I don't actually think it has any value if they don't do anything about it. Um, that's why I'm kind of like withholding praise personally for now. If they take action, if they do things about it, then sweet, that's good. But yeah, Tim Zentu on Floatplane says there is apparently a deal at Walmart on the Lego flower bouquet. The marketing AI is listening. That is the creepiest stuff. <laughs> I can't prove it. You know, I can't prove it. But anecdotally, boy, does it ever feel like that happens, doesn't it? Yeah. You're talking about something and all of a sudden your ad feed is full of like, you know, make an offhand comment about blow up dolls. And all of a sudden all my ads are for that. I mean, I've never searched for that before. Of course, of course not. Uh, yeah. Why would you? I've genuinely never understood the appeal. It's very weird. But about blow up dolls. Yeah. You're yeah. more of a real doll guy, right? <laughs> I mean, I probably if I was choosing between the two, then yes. Yes. He can afford it. He won't buy shoes, but boy, <laughs> can he ever buy a real doll? <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's funny uh to add more to people's search from tau what are your thoughts on blue light filtering glasses 
I think that they seem to filter some of the blue light and that there seems to be some evidence that that could be good. How good? Um, whether it's worth the money or the inconvenience of wearing glasses if you don't already need them, that I don't know. I personally don't bother with them. Um, yeah, no, me neither. And that's... I thought they were really interesting when I first heard them. Me too. Um, I tried them. And, and then I tried them and... seemed like they might help a little, but it's it's so hard to tell. Like, it's so hard to tell because there's no way to run a controlled experiment to know if they're working for you. It's all completely subjective. Really hard to trial as far as I know as well. From Max, any updates on the spammer you called last week? No, I got a message back from them and then I was lazy. They asked me to send them the comment that and I was like, oh, I could go check the WAN archive and I could go find the and I could go into my YouTube dashboard and I could go look for that comment, but it's my weekend. So I didn't. I'm sorry. I know I said I would. Because they but... want to rope you and they want you to they want to get you to do things for them yep. that is not difficult to do. And then eventually the the next cause because you you there's there's this like mental concept thing whereas as you do tasks for people and as people do tasks for you, there's like trust built. Oh, okay. Regardless, basically, of what the task is. So am I just too lazy to get scammed? In this case, yeah, I guess so. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> From Anon, my 16-month internship at AMD has shown me the fact that PC hardware is insanely complex and is a miracle that it works. Yeah. Is there anything about CPU or GPU design that is just black magic to you and you would love to know how it works, is designed, etc.? All of it. I was going to say the whole thing. I love it. It's super cool. It's it's one of those things where I'm I know I'm not smart enough to make it, so I just sit here and publicly love it lots. That's literally my job. <laughs> yeah. From those bagels, what did you think of Debauer's CPU contact frame and would you suggest it to others? Or is it snake oil? asks those bagel. Uh, I don't think Roman would ever try to sell anyone's snake oil. And yes, it works. It does what he says it does. I don't know that I would recommend it just because it will void your warranty, assuming you tell anybody you used it. Um, so I, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to take a position on that. But we have validated on multiple instances using different kinds of coolers that it does in fact work. Cool. Or, <laughs> but yeah, Derbauer's legit. He's not going to sell you. Or... Oops, I accidentally curated the wrong thing. Uh, do we have any more topics we want to talk about? I, I don't really know. Let's let's skim through. I here. could talk about some of the cool lab stuff that's in that video. I think they should watch the video. Yeah, they they can. But like the automated game benchmarking, the automated like keyboard tester dude out of a jig. Yeah, like, watch the video. Yeah, man. We're going to be able to test. Like, okay, did you know that active noise canceling headphones will compensate if you're wearing glasses and there's like Whoa, enough leakage no, I didn't. that your bass response sucks? Huh. Yeah. They have like pressure sensors or something? No, but they have a microphone inside. So if they figure out, hey, we're not getting enough uh... bass in here, they'll boost it. Huh. So cool, right? Smart. Smart. When you really start diving into the like the engineering of things, it gets... You, yeah 
It's it's that whole like you don't know enough to know that you don't know enough concept. Holy crap! What? We're announcing the Whale Land event. Yeah. Okay. July 29th, 6 p.m. to July 31st, 10 a.m. You heard it here first. There will be approximately 200 tickets available. They will go live later next week. The location will be New New Lab or Lab 2, depending on which name you prefer for it. So just right near the office here. Uh, there will be Linus Power Hour Game of the Hour. Uh, oh, okay. Events include Linus Power Hour. So Game of the Hour, where you have no choice but to play the game that I decide. Is an hour long enough? Yeah, I think so. Because there's setup time, right? Mm, it'll start. Okay, we'll figure it out. I think an hour is long enough as long as we're actually playing for an hour. Are, are you? Are you? Are these like back to back? Like, how does how does the Linus Power? No, hour work? there will be gaps of do whatever you want in between Linus. Power okay, hours. sweet. Then it's then it's great. There will yeah. also be tournaments and challenges for prizes. I want to cast a Rocket League tournament. There will be food and drink options. You should let you should let Chase know then. Yeah. Uh, there will be an LTTstore.com merch booth, maybe some other booths, and members of our team will be at the event. Um, I don't know that any of them will be like paid to be there so i can't guarantee that they'll be there or that they will stay or whatever else if it's boring then you'll have to just excuse them for f***ing off and going home um they may decide to sleep at home because they live around here or whatever else i'm gonna stay as much as i can but yeah i i, I don't I'm not quite the whippersnapper I once was. I don't think I'm going to be able to stay up on Friday morning when I have to start work, nope. do WAN show and everything, and then nope. stay all the way nope. up until Sunday at 10 a.m. I, I might have been able to do that at one time. Yeah, no. Not now. If I do that now, I'll be I'll be out for like two weeks. <laughs> no, I would I would like I would definitely come down with something. Yeah, exactly. I reached a point around 25, I guess, where I just I started getting a sick. Every time I pulled an all-nighter, every single time. And Yvonne would be like, look, are you not seeing the pattern here? I'm like, no, I have no pattern. <laughs> I can't do that. Anyway, super exciting. We'll I asked the float plane, the local float plane guys, I'll, I'll extend it to the rest of them, but I asked the local float plane guys like, hey, do you guys want to go? And they're like, yes. <laughs> so they'll be there, which is going to be cool. Yeah, that could be a problem. What? We have 80 employees. And approximately 200 seats at this land. Are we even going to sell any tickets? I think there's, I think there's 50 reserved. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, that's good. Like, I don't mean out of the 200. I mean, I believe our actual maximum capacity is 250. Okay. Okay. All right. People are saying that they they don't they can't get off work and travel with that little notice. Um, don't take this the wrong way, but we kind of did that on purpose. This is not LTX. No. This is not a worth traveling for spectacle. Wait for LTX if you're not local. This is intended for people who are at most maybe driving up from Seattle. AJ asks, can we play from the main LTT office? What? You're just going to like hide? No. <laughs> you're going to fly all the way over here and then hide in a separate building. Jeez. Play World of Warcraft <laughs> over in the office while everyone else is. No. Yeah, World of Warcraft will be banned. We should do. We should do like, <laughs> like some form of like uh, router rules that blocks certain like MMOs and stuff. And it's just like, no, you need to play land games. I'd be super. I'd be super extra down. Yeah. Anything else? We oh yeah, there was the whole uh, the M M two MacBook Pro teardown confirms it's basically an M one. Uh, iFixit tore down an M2 MacBook Pro in a recent video. 
cables, standoffs, screws, grounding pins, etc. All the same. Uh, the logic board, though, is a little different and supports the M2 chip. Uh, the one, the heatsink has square corners rather than rounded ones. Ooh. The only major change aside from the chip is actually a downgrade. The storage on the entry-level M2 is slower than the M1 due to uh, the different configuration of the SSD, so it has fewer NAND chips, uh, which means that reading and writing in parallel is no longer possible. This is only true for the base model, though. This is the part that I thought was interesting. Sounds like you should be able to take an M2 board and just stuff it into your M1 MacBook Pro, right? Wrong iFixit it tried this and made the swap successfully, but the trackpad, keyboard, and touch ID sensor no longer functioned post-swap. Thank you, Tim Apple. Very cool. Discussion question here. Why would Apple so blatantly and unnecessarily block repairability? If someone had a failed logic board in an M1 MacBook Pro, why couldn't they just put an M2 logic board in there hooked up to their old battery and screen and everything else because f you. Yeah, that's pretty much it. There's there's really nothing other than they just want you to buy new computers. That That's it. Yeah. 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 I could get into it. I could get more mad, but that's, that's all that it's coming down to. They don't care if you waste a bunch of stuff. They want you to buy new computers. Also, sort of relatively breaking news uh as expected elon musk pulled out of his twitter purchase deal and is Doesn't getting pull much. sued by a the twins yeah <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know if you read the story either uh let's just talk about the twitter thing though i <laughs> i didn't know anything about this uh until you mentioned it when you first sat allegedly down. allegedly twins allegedly. <laughs> let's just say allegedly everything um <laughs> But but yeah, allegedly he's trying to pull out of this Twitter deal, and then Twitter was like, "We will bring legal action." Blah blah blah. Yep. You must buy us. Yeah. Or at the very least, boy, could he ever get sued for a lot? Because on the one hand, I think the it's like stock manipulation. There's a pullout. Right? Yeah. There's a pullout clause of the deal that would cost him a billion. But then Twitter could also probably sue for very significant damages because of all the stock. Uh, price movement that has taken place, all of the um, the sort of intangible damage that has been done by employees leaving and um, just general unrest at Twitter that's taken place because of this whole saga. This is going to be this is going to be interesting. There's some folks jumping into t uh, chat saying, "Well, they lied on their numbers, so he would win anyway." Yeah, it's not going to be that straightforward, boys gonna be a pretty complicated one wait musk pulled out he recently tweeted letting everyone know he's not pulling out anymore sorry what is this I, i'm seeing news articles from 40 minutes ago saying that he pulled out uh i don't even know what his twitter handle when, is. when we're just using it's probably just elon musk well uh, it probably is except oh yeah it is okay when when we're when we're just using the term pull out, this gets a little confusing based on recent Musk news. Yeah, I know, uh, right? Because he was also tweeting recently about, like... Doing his part for the U.S. Uh, birth rate? Yes. <laughs> so, like, if people are referring to that, like, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe he's still all up in there. Stay classy, Elon. All right, and you guys, stay classy until we see you next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Bye! How are we going to deal with... Wan and the land. Wan land?
Yeah, we're gonna do it from there, or are we gonna do it from here and then just go over there? Oh, yeah, we'll do it here and then we'll go over there. Yeah. Oh, hold on a second. We can't end just yet. Sayeras13 asks at Luke, hammer update? I can look. You should look. The last time I looked, it had been over a year, and there was no well, update. Let's see. So. This is going to take me like a while. Oh, I can just check for next show. Okay. Yeah. I'll check for next show. But there's almost certainly no update. I think it might actually be abandoned now. But we'll see. Is this thing going to like work at all? Or... Oh, here we go.